James earns millions from internet marketing. Tim's got millions of questions. Welcome to Freedom Ocean. Now, jump on, jump on in. James, welcome back to Freedom Ocean. It's good to be free. Isn't it? It is. The water is cool and invigorating. Uh, listeners, if it's the first time tuning into this show, uh, James and I are here to show you how to get a little bit more freedom in your life through the power of internet marketing. That'd be a basic summary of the show, wouldn't it? Absolutely. We're teaching uh, tips and tricks and, more importantly, the baseline strategies that um, underpin internet marketing yeah. that you can apply whether, you, whether you're a mum and dad at home with kids or whether you've got a business already, this is a great thing to learn because it's got so many applications. And where we were up to recently was talking about uh, different ways that you can use internet marketing. Perhaps you can bring us up to speed, Tim. Well, what I, what I did want to say too, James, is that um, these things that we share on the show, um, they're tried and tested. And um, they're tried and tested by James, who's been... How long... How many... Years have you been an internet marketer now? I think I'm coming up to my sixth okay. year. Sixth year, business doubling every year, living a, a lifestyle that you love here with your family, and um, all is good. I am the little curious kid in the corner who um, dabbles in internet marketing, owns a number of small businesses, loves business generally, am a marketer by trade, and have a whole lot of questions. Um, about this thing called internet marketing because um, I see the potential. I sell a book or two every second day and other, other various products, information products, but um, hopefully between the two of us, our listeners will really, um, will really um, get a sense of what it's all about and, and how to do it. And we'll dispel a lot of the myths. Yes, we, That's like, we like dispelling myths. I mean, myths... Myths are uh, sexy and fun, yeah. you know, like the Loch Ness Monster, yeah. uh, Bigfoot, and uh, UFOs. They're like headlines. They, they are. They're fun and they get attention. But there are a couple of truths in internet marketing, and there's also a couple of uh, fake solutions. Yeah. So we'll, we're going to cut straight to the chase. And I, I yeah. can tell you, I've been down many, many rabbit holes in my journey to find what works. Yep. So, um, in, uh, and that's really important because... Uh, you don't need to think, you're not starting from the start, listeners. You're hearing it from someone who's done it all before. Um, so um, now in episode two, um, you started to share with us a number of business models, uh, including blogging uh, and affiliate marketing, local marketing, uh, two more. Selling your own product. Selling your own product, product creation. Love that one. And we had the hybrid model, which is combining product and affiliate model yep. into one. And yep. You know, so what I think the best thing to do, listener, listeners, if you, if you have just tuned in for the first time, actually go back to episode one and have a listen. Start it, from the beginning. Start from the beginning. Um, every episode is going to get bigger and better, build on what we've shared previously. Um, so that would be a good thing. So in this episode, James, before you give us your next five or so business models for internet marketing, I just want to ask you, a bit, dig a bit deeper, what do you love? What do you love about what it is you do? I think I actually, uh, this is something I talk to uh, with my wife, who I get to spend a lot of time with now, and that's something that I didn't enjoy uh, when I was working a traditional job. You might want to rephrase that. 
<laughs> Why is that? You didn't enjoy. You, you did enjoy spending time with her. You just didn't get the opportunity to spend time with her in your previous job. Yeah, what he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the thing is, uh, I get to be creative now and to to actually do things that that make make uh, that make me excited. I get to live. You know, I'm not looking for an easy life. I'm not li- looking for that traditional retired thing where you don't do anything. You know, just sit around. I think that would be boring. I'm I'm engaging myself in activities that that make me excited, and I actually like building things. I like creating, and having these skills has allowed me to do that. I've got the flexibility to literally start off with a clean slate on how do I want to live my life. And for many people, it seems a long way away, especially when you're toiling away at work or you're buried in problems challenges and debt it does seem a long way away and you hear people talk about it but it doesn't seem real I was one of those people and now I've got this immense power and let's let's take it back to the ocean analogy Mm, yeah the ocean is big the ocean is has a lot of opportunities you can scuba dive you can water ski you you can sail you can you know luxury motor fish exactly surf so there's so many ways you can enjoy it it can also crush you on the rocks if you're mm. not careful. Mm. So uh, I've got tremendous respect for the, the freedom and the responsibility that comes uh, as being master and captain of your own ship through life. So I think the thing that I enjoy is, is the ability to, to, to literally to have that freedom to create a life that I want to live. And yeah. I've ticked off a lot of goals that I've had, and some of them are five or six years old. And I pull, out, I pull out my old goals sheet. And at the time when I was buried under the, the tremendous pressure, I mean, I re- literally thought that I was probably just going to die out of stress in my old job. Uh, and when I think back to then, I had no way of knowing how I would achieve those goals. But my, my goals were absolutely certain. And somehow, applying the very stuff that we're talking about in these episodes, I've been able to achieve that. And that's, that's the most exciting thing. To think that you can actually have what you want and to be able to do it. Mm, yeah. And, and just sitting here um, in the lab and, and seeing one of your boys come in, sit with you. And I have that the same at home where, you know, the ability to, to, to spend more time with the family, still doing work um, and, you know, being focused. But it is. It's a, it's a different way of looking at life. And you talked previously in episode two about that concept of, you know, how much do you value your time? You know, time and, is and, life. Yeah, and it's limited, you know, and then so therefore focus on leverage and, and get more out of every hour that you put in. That's it, and I, I want to draw a distinction there. Uh, so I learnt the equation that time equals life because when you're out of time, you know, yeah. life's up. Yep. So y- you should invest it wisely, but I'm not looking for an efficient or an effective life. It's not that I'd, I don't want a, an easy life where I do nothing. I want a rich and full life. Uh, my wife recently said to me that she could die now, happy that she's achieved everything she's ever wanted out of out of her life. Which wow! Is, How'd that feel? It was it was like wow, we've we've actually we've sort of made it. You know that feeling of you've actually made it, and you touch yourself, you sort of you pinch yourself and say, wow, you know, is this real? Is this actually happening? And once you get over that. It's like you can really enjoy the moment. And a lot of things change once financial pressure goes away. 
Because for most people, it's like, well, I've got to go to work today to make money so mm. that I can pay the bills. And then tomorrow, I've got to go to work so they can make money to pay the bills. When, when, that, when the bills disappear, when you don't actually have to go to work to make money, what would you actually do? What, what, what do you say, though, to people that are going, that's all very well for you, James? Yeah, good on you. Good on you. Great that you got over the hump and, and, and your wife's happy and, and she's, you know, she could die happy and you're doing what you love. Um, there's that group of people who are just going to go, I can't do it. Now, that's a hugely limiting belief, and we are going to talk about mindset in a future show. But I don't know, just when, you, when I hear you say stuff like that, I, I do want to represent those who think it's not possible. So no, what do you say to them? Look, it's pretty simple. Some people are doing it, and other people aren't. Yeah, so I doing say is the them, word there, doing. Doing. Well, yeah. it's about doing the right things. If you listen to someone like Peter Drucker, who was way ahead of his time, and he pretty much predicted the internet. <laughs> he said that one day we'll be paid on our knowledge, and knowledge workers, and we'll be working remotely, and that universities will crumble. <laughs> and here we are. And you can, you can work from, from your house if you want, anywhere in the world. Anywhere. So... I would say to them, well, you know, I'm doing it because I saw someone else do it and I figured, well, why not me? Why not me? What's so special or different about someone else that they can have it and not me? And the other aspect of it it, is that you will have to pay a price. You'll have to put in the the effort. It's not going to be handed to you in the lap. I've stopped buying lottery tickets because, A, I don't need the lottery to be wealthy, and B... That's not my best strategy to become wealthy. I have to take full responsibility and I've got to own it. I've, I've got to be responsible for what happens to me in my life. Mm. So that person uh, is responsible for everything they've got right now in their life, pretty much. You know, you, everything that they've done up until now, everything that they've read or not read or participated in or not participated in is, is getting them to where they're at right now. If you want a different destination you've got to get on the train. And, uh, you know, I pull out my notes from 10 years ago from a millionaire who I went and sat with. And I said to him, what's the secret? And he looked at me, he said, there is no holy grail. There is no holy grail. You have to, you've got to decide the destination you want to get to. He said, it's like getting on a train. Make sure that once you get on that train that you're happy with the destination you chose. And I think what he was teaching me was, Program the coordinates of where you want to get to, and and you've got to go. You've got to be like train track focused. Well, I also like your quote of like be like water. Yeah, that's that's definitely helped me through tough times. Yeah, which is you know, would you want to explain that? Well, I mean, within a few sentences, I've told you that my life's fantastic and things are good, but I also told you I nearly died through stress and and you know. I don't want people to think that it's a cakewalk. Mm. <laughs> I'm not advocating that. And there was no magic button that I tripped over one day, uh, you know, walking in the park and I pushed mm. it and everything happened. <laughs> I put in the hours. I've, like, uh, like in that book uh, by Malcolm Gladwell, you know, you're going to have to put in the 10,000 hours if you want to be good at anything. It's going to take time and, and an investment in energy or um, an investment in money to shortcut the time. So I just feel that um, there, there is a journey, there is a certain price that you're going to have to pay, but make sure that you're worth it. And I, th- I think my overriding advice is you've got to believe that it's possible. Yeah, absolutely. And 
that's about as dark and dreary as we're going to get on this, this show. But uh, it is worth saying that, you know, you, if you're not a self-starter, if you're not an entrepreneur, if you're someone who thinks, God, how can I ever do that on my own? Well, you don't have to. You don't have to be because it's about, you know, it's about um, associating with other people who have a same mindset. Get in a mastermind group. Um, just tap someone on the shoulder who you'd really like to go on the journey with and say, hey, how about we you know, try some of the stuff that, that Tim and James are sharing on this show or um, joining membership forums. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there and we are going to share those resources along the way. So don't think that this is a lonely road because it ain't. There's a lot of people it's out on the It's definitely not emotion. lonely. There's, there's a huge community. and uh, In fact, I've built one community and... Gee, it could even be a business model that we may cover. Yeah. But yes, you do have to be like water, coming back to the original question. And that is that water is just indestructible. You know, you can freeze it, it turns into ice, uh, it goes to the polar cap, and then it melts. You know, if you burn it, it turns into steam, goes to a cloud, and then it rains down into the ocean again. I mean, it comes up against a log, it just goes around it. You can't really kill water off. It's, it's mm. just impenetrable. So it was in The Art of War uh, by Sun Tzu, and that taught me about persistence. So whenever I come up against an obstacle, you, know, you may even hear me say, I'm just being like water today. You know, <laughs> my server's crashed. My, my emails are getting blocked. My PayPal's blown up or whatever. If things happen, mm. get over it. You know, decide that you're prepared to pay the price and push through. Yeah. And my most successful students have a be like water persistence about them. Mm. And know that there is, I mean, part of the reason we're doing this show is we know that there's just a, the, the monsters awakening, you know. Um, we talked earlier on, I think, episode one, where this, this, the life cycle of internet marketing, it's still very young. You know, yeah, that, that sort of that gold rush has happened, but now the monster's really starting to awaken, you know, and the local marketing, local internet marketing, there's Google getting out there and knocking on shop doors and things are starting to really take some shape and it, it's a good time to get in. And there is, so there's a lot of other people out there with similar mindsets and with, with similar um, dreams and it's about finding them and we'll show you how to find them. So James, um, let's get stuck back into those business models. Number six. Well, I'm going to go with one that we just touched on and that's uh, building communities and this could be called uh, the membership model. And the principle is you bring, to be, you bring together a like-minded group of um, people who have a particular passion or interest, and you go and get good information for them, and you create a community or a membership model around that, and you charge a fee for that. It could be a one-time fee, or it could be a, a monthly recurring fee, which is a very good model to approach uh, for obvious reasons. And if you, can, if you do the numbers on this, it's very easy to see how this could work out in your favour. Now let's take an example. Uh, if you had 1,000 members in a community and they each paid you $9 per month, which isn't really that much, mm -hmm. that's $9,000 per month each month and the assumption is you'll lose a few people and you'll add a few people if you if you continue to build it uh, if you were to say you had a thousand members at ninety nine dollars a month well you're talking about nearly a hundred thousand dollars per month coming in to your account 
So you can see the power in that type of community. So there's a few aspects to this. You know, what do you have to give to, to make people pay for that? How do you set it up? Um, what, you know, what sort of things are involved? I don't know how far you want to go, but being the curious guy in well, the corner, oh, yeah. I'm sure you're going to ask me, Tim. <laughs> I'm, I'm listening, here, listening to you talk, and I've got a thousand questions, knowing, knowing that you know, once again, down the track, we can, there'll be a, we'll do a show on, on membership sites and how to build a community. Suffice to say that, once again, the technical aspects of building a community ain't what they used to be. There are now products. There's, you know, like there's, there's, there's software that allows you to install a membership site onto your website, onto a domain name, you know, onto your hosting. So uh, it, it isn't that hard. And, and don't do it yourself. We'll show you how to outsource it. Well, you know, let's just touch on that briefly one type of membership that a lot of people would be familiar with is some type of forum or you know portal. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's one, and it's sort of probably the most complex one, which is still quite simple once you know how. Of course, uh, the the more the simpler ones are just a subscription membership. Uh, I don't know. Have you ever subscribed to a magazine, Tim? Yeah, I have. And how does that work? You pay a yearly fee, and uh, every month. Your magazine arrives in the post. Yep. Have you ever owned a mobile phone? Absolutely. Does it have a, like, they keep sending you the bill. And they keep sending it until you say stop. So this is the recurring subscription type model. So in effect, you're a member of their phone club. And Mm. (laughs) with the magazine, you're a member of the magazine. And, you know, this is such a common, normal business model offline. And... You know, if you saw the numbers that people make from this in the pharmaceutical market, in the the, the skin cream market, the vitamins market, supplements, there are some staggering, I mean, yep. like just outstanding amounts. Uh, even things like um, iPhone applications where people can sign up for regular data updates, etc. You know, there's it's, it's tremendous opportunities. It's popular, like... Um Software as a service. I know I subscribe to a number of different... I mean, my invoicing software I use, instead of just being able to go out and pay a few hundred bucks for that software, I'm paying a monthly fee to use it. Uh, it's a small fee, and, you know, it's constantly being improved, and it's well, fantastic. are you ready for your head to explode? Go. Okay. Well, you recall in our last episode the business model of being an affiliate. So imagine if you could get paid for everyone else who you recommend that same software mm. from your blog, which is another yes. model, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. Now, yeah, yeah. I hope you see how modular this is. Yep. These things snap lock together. So uh, I, I imagine people are having some aha moments about now because you could literally make a list of everything that you currently subscribe to and pay for on a monthly basis, and then you could actually start promoting those things to other people who are just like you. Now, because you already use them, you know the ins and outs. You know what's good about them. So that's one way. You can actually make money from a membership program without even having to have your own one. Mm. <laughs> okay, yeah, if it's yeah, just yeah, too absolutely. complicated. So the big, the big shift for me in my business was when I moved uh, as an affiliate, I moved from one-time products to recurring products. I love subscription products. And there's this fabulous thing about subscription products is that Many subscription products are vital for the customer. They can't live without them. And people tend to stay into recurring programs if there's still constant value provided. So I like consumer markets. 
mobile phones are a classic because you know people generally stick on a plan for a while these days. Well, it's hard to change. It's hard to change. And hosting, web hosting, mm-hmm. or um, email services, you know, it's, it's something that is a bit of a pain to, to change. So we actually call that pain of disconnect. <laughs> and that's worth writing down if you've never heard that before. But when you're providing solutions to the customers, you want to make it a valuable solution that's hard to go without. Mm-hmm. And people will continue to pay. So if you're, if you're up for a membership site or a membership model or you want to create a newsletter that goes out each week or each month, that could be the simplest form. People pay you a monthly fee, you send them out premium content mm. via email. It could be that simple. One of the, one of the resistance, resistance, is that a word? One of the um, blockages I've, I've heard people talk about to this is, oh, but you, know, you can find all that information on the internet, so it's already there. Yep. Whether you're looking, for, whether it be a newsletter or whether it be some kind of ongoing monthly membership model, but the fact is, people love to see it packaged up. And if it's pa- being packaged up by and coming from someone whose opinion and thoughts they trust, then they're going to pay for it. You know, because you're adding value to it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, why do people still buy newspapers or yeah. magazines? Or, That's right. Or pay TV. It's all. It's all out. It's all there out there. Free, but. Yeah, there is certainly a way to create extra value by compiling and sifting and sorting and putting things into a really cool format Mm. tailored for that audience. Mm. Okay. What are we up to? Business model number seven. Well, yeah, we're getting some... But, you know, the exciting thing is that each one of these could be a million-dollar-a-year business for somebody Mm. plus. Or a $100,000-a-year business. Hundred thousand or a ten thousand dollar a year business. Yep. You know, let's let's scale it whichever way it needs to go. Yeah. Even a thousand dollar a year business. I mean, in our last episode, you talked about Fiverr mm-hmm. and you know the things you can buy. Now, my little daughter, she makes about seventy dollars a week on Fiverr as a provider. Mm-hmm. You know, in little five dollar jobs, and she's she's uh, thirteen and she's got her own business. Mm. So, I mean, this sort of opportunity didn't exist before. She'd have to have a lemonade stand out the front or do a newspaper round. I think, what, I think a, a real mindset shift that our listeners, it would help if they took, if they're still sort of questioning this whole no- notion of internet marketing, is that the internet enables so much commerce to happen easily, whereas previous, pre-internet it was much harder. Yes, it was physically difficult. It was, yeah, it was. It really was. Well, then if we were in the industrial age, I'd have to pop down to my textile factory, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, and uh, you know, check the stock and yep. make sure the machines are working and yep. deal with work. If, if I wanted to sell someone else's product, I'd have to go and, you know, meet with them over the phone, face-to-face. It's probably invariably going to be physical products, so I'd have to store it. Um, it may have a date, you know, use-by date on it. Whereas the internet, as you say, like, this knowledge information age and knowledge age it's uh, and, and the way it allows you to say hey I want to sell your product give me a link so that every time someone buys it I get a commission I mean, that's a very very simple business model it is we know what the funny twist is Tim and I'm sure this will come up later is the the biggest trend and the biggest leverage point in a modern internet marketing business is to incorporate back some of those old world things that just don't happen anymore, like sending a letter mm. or picking up the phone and talking to a human. 
Mm. Those things are where you get your leverage points. So I'm looking forward to coming back to that point later on. I'm looking forward to digging deep on every but single one of these because um, <laughs> I've got far too many questions, uh, which, you know, I always knew that would be the case. I, I, I might even come out with more questions that I have, uh, than I had at the start, but hopefully not because over the course of time we will we'll pretty much um, we'll, we'll explore all, all concepts and aspects of internet marketing. Back to you. Okay, the next business model, I like to call this one lead generation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll explain what that means. As opposed to love generation. As, a, as opposed to. Now, it does happen in the love generation market. Yep. <laughs> yeah, 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 okay. And it ha- certainly happens in the real world, yep. you know, offline. But most businesses refer to prospects as a lead. Mm-hmm. And what, what this business model does, it actually lets you set up a business or in particular a website where you collect information and then you pass that on to someone else and they pay you for that. Now, they can pay you in many different ways. They can pay you a commission for uh, the sale or they could pay you per lead. So this would be pay per lead. And I guess in this case, we're sort of a publisher. So we put up a good, useful website. We attract people to it and we collect details and then we pass those details on to somebody and we get paid for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, is that the same as cost per acquisition? Oh, <coughs> get the me. phone I know, book I out. Know, it's very technical, <laughs> of me, but yeah, yeah, sometimes it's hard not to use some of the lingo. But, but this, is a, this is a form of, of cost per acquisition or yeah, okay. CPA. Yep. Yep. Um, so cost per action or cost per acquisition, it, it could be referred to as either, is um, it's usually... That, that's quite often the other side. That's, that's the person paying for the lead. They will, they will basically, uh, in many cases, a company will set up a cost per action campaign where they say to the market or the marketers, we will pay you X per customer that you send us. So we may, if we want to use the lead generation model, we may put CPA offers on our website that track back to that person and we get paid per person that fills mm-hmm. out. And again, we could do this through a network rather than dealing with individual companies, just like we could if we were an affiliate. Mm. So with an affiliate model, where that's slightly different is we generally get paid per sale. And with cost per action or lead generation, we would get paid uh, per lead or per action. But there are other ways to do this too. We can actually joint venture and, and go and partner with the person. And we could be their external marketing arm and get paid on a profit share of the whole company if we want. Mm. I've got a feeling joint ventures, your next business model, is it? Well, it is there, but it wasn't my next Okay, one. all right. What is it? <laughs> well, let's, we, we could actually cover that, you know. We'll, we'll talk about joint venture or brokering. Yep. And just like normal offline business, well, I call it offline, but when I say offline, that's just like bricks and mortar business. There are people in the marketplace who are brokers, and they join up uh, buyers and sellers and they take a commission. So we're all used to real estate brokers and list brokers perhaps, if we're in a business already, who match um, resources and, and you know, buyers and sellers. JV brokers um, can actually find somebody, extra promoters or extra affiliates, and they can take a slice of the action. Mm-hmm. So let's say you had a product you wanted to sell and you needed a bunch of affiliates 
you could employ a JV broker. A bunch of salespeople. Yep. yep. A bunch of salespeople. You could employ a JV broker to go and find the salespeople, and for everyone he introduces to you, you pay him 10% of whatever they get. Mm-hmm. So now he gets an override. So this would ideally suit someone who's a connector, who knows people, mm-hmm. who can match you know, buyers and sellers and bring people together and take a slice of the action. How, how do you keep track of something like that? Well, usually you can just set up a, a tracking identification link. There you make it sound so easy. I did. <laughs> That's my job because I'm petrified of that phone book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The tracking At least we found a good list. use for the phone book. Yeah, that's true. We need a sound effect. <laughs> we can edit one in later. Yep. So a tracking identification link, that's something, surely that's something, and we'll talk about the sort of the hows later, but something you get something else, someone else to do. Well, here's something that's so cool about the internet versus traditional commerce. Everything is trackable and mm. measurable, and that makes life easy when we want to sell things or buy things because we can actually track the effectiveness of it in real time versus the old days. The old days, the market would mail out envelopes, wait a few weeks, and then see if checks came back. So they've spent all this money, and even if they did a test, it would be a month before they could get it out to the market again. Now we can stick up a campaign today, and we could know by this afternoon or tomorrow if it's working or not. Yeah, that is amazing, and uh, we'll talk about autoresponders in another show, but just the, the ability to send out a mass email via some autoresponder software and, and see how many people have opened it, who's opened it, how often they've opened it, when they opened it. I mean, that's, that's powerful stuff, real time. And we should explain what autoresponder is so that I don't yep. have to hit you. Yep. Um, an autoresponder is literally an email service that can automatically send scheduled emails. Mm. And, rep- and it can actually, it, ha- it can have an intelligent function where it, it, its behavior will be determined by the actions that happen once the email's gone. And, you know, this is just, it's fascinating stuff. But mm. we could send an email out to people who opened our previous email, or we could send an email out to people who didn't open the previous email, but, but not the people who opened it. And the real power in that is we can start. Um, tailoring our our message. So let's talk about another business model, something that's got bigger potential. And James, in the background, and I don't see any reason to pause here, but it's the power of of internet marketing. Your family's arrived home. It's mid-afternoon. You're here in your shorts. Hopefully Janelle will come and say, you know, good afternoon. (laughs) How are you both? She may. run around. Yeah, it is, it's nice to... Um, it, the portability aspect of it is phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, um, that, and, and, and only growing as the amount of devices flourish. Sorry, you were about to launch into another business model. I'll talk to you about flipping. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah. flipping is actually uh, quite well known in the real estate market, and that is where you buy, say, a house, and then you sell it again for a profit, and that's flipping a house or flipping a property. And you can actually do exactly the same online. You can buy a website and then sell it. And just like in a, a normal real estate market, you can renovate the website, you can update it, refresh it, change it, um, uh, repurpose it, and you can add value to it and then sell it for profit. 
And even if you didn't do all of that, you could simply buy it low in one market area and sell it higher in a different market area. What do you mean market area? Well, I'm saying that, that um, there's probably a wholesale market and a retail market, and, and most business owners would be familiar with that. But in case you're not, let's talk that through. When I go down to my local shop and buy milk, they bought that milk at wholesale, mm-hmm. and they're selling it to me at retail, and they're keeping a margin. Did they change the milk? Didn't no. do anything. It's exactly the same. They've just got a bit of arbitrage going on mm-hmm. where they buy low, sell high, and keep a cut. We can do exactly that with websites. We just have to know where to buy them from and where to sell them to. Okay. Okay. And um, you're going to reveal where to buy them low and sell them high? Well, the other thing you can do is buy domains. Mm. It's sort of a... I don't know if it counts as half a model. Yeah, but you well... Can do, you can do exactly this with domains without can. even having a website. Yep. Like so wine. A domain's like wine. We call this domaining. So we, we can find domains... And the real money in domains is in the pre-owned domain market. It's domains that have already been registered before. And we can pick them up. Bit of age. (laughs) Bit of age, (laughs) yes. Well, age is one aspect. It's probably not the most important. There are lots of other things that could change the value of a domain. And again, it's an entire topic. But let's just get the concept down. We can find these domains. We can buy them for a price. And then we can sell them again either as a domain for a profit or as a, as a website. Or if we want to go all the way through, we develop it out into a real business and sell it for a massive profit. I mean, it's, it's not unheard of to buy a domain for 10 or, or $12 and develop it into a real business using one of the other models we talked about, develop it into a blog or a membership and sell it for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, I just want to put, put this one out there. The chances of you coming out with the next YouTube or Facebook are very remote. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's rare. And it's Damn. Cer- certainly not normal. Now, I see a lot of dreamers trying to go for that big one. I think you know, it's important to know that this domaining and website flipping is a daily occurrence. It's, it's a mainstream activity that is just going to explode as people switch on the fact that online you can do everything you can do offline. You can lease domains. You can, um, you can actually set them up to create revenue streams and hold them just like a property. You can renovate them. You can turn them around the same day. They're quite liquid as well, especially the dot-com market. They're easy to buy and they're easy to sell. Mm. So um, places like a flipper.com is, uh, is a place where you can go and just, ha- just observe, not even, not even get involved, but just s- exactly what you were talking about. You can see it in action. That could be the homework for today. It could be oh, go to homework. Fli- flipper.com. Yep. And the, the thing to look for there is have a look at the recently sold ones, mm. okay? Because that helps you get a feel for what the market's paying. What they're for. buying and what they're paying. And, and the great thing is on those listings, they show you everything about the, the domain and the, and the website. They show you the traffic and the way that it was monetized. Um, by monetized, we mean how do people actually make money if they make money from it. And it shows you all this stuff. And you could, you could actually start observing that on a regular basis. And just like if you were a share trader doing paper trading or pretend trading, 
you could actually look at listings coming through and try and predict what it might sell for and then go and check mm -hmm. and get a feel for what these things are worth. Now, I think it's still quite, it's quite a small part of the market. It's not very well understood and it will be big. It'll be very big. Well, uh, talking about sort of um, an industry with its own language, domaining is another one of those industries which I think is just a, is a barrier to entry for a lot of people where they think, you know, even buying, I mean, buying at a name is pretty easy. Let's, you know, that is, that's probably the easiest part of domaining. It's then figuring out for, for those who, who don't know, you know, how, how to develop it, how to point it elsewhere, how to get it hosted, all that type of stuff, how to park it. But we will cover that in, in future episodes. But it's certainly a growing area. And, you know, if, if you haven't got a .com, go and buy one. Go and buy one and sit on it, you know, for, for your 7 or $10 that you're going to pay for it. Um, bit, like Fiverr, can be addictive. <laughs> I've been there. I've sat there for hours and hours and typed away and, you know, I thought, gosh, I can't believe that's available and then bought it and realised that was a waste of time. And then there's others that I've bought off the second market, secondary market, like a... There's a great forum, I think it's dnforum.com. Uh, and that, you know, that's a great way of, once again, just seeing what people are selling and what people are buying it for. And well, that's a great know. example of a wholesale market. Yeah. You know, there's very experienced domainers in that forum. Yep. And they'll list a stack of domains. That some of them can, can be quite well priced. And what happens is there's a secondary market behind that that most people never see. And if you buy a domain or two in there then what will happen is the people who you bought it from will start emailing you directly with their next available domains before they even post it in the forum. So you're going off market, we call that, and you start to pick up the real bargains. Mm. Didn't know that. That's a good tip. Well, there you go. <laughs> you should listen to our episodes. <laughs> exactly right. What are we up to? That's business model eight or nine? Look, I'll go with either of yeah, those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give I'm us not... one more. Give us one more. I want to talk about... Uh, I'm going to give you two more. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about webinars. I think this is just massively underrated. Massively. And webinar is, and we mentioned this in podcast two, webinars are online events. It is, it's like going to a normal event, except it's online. And there's some obvious benefits here. If you're holding the webinar, there's no requirement for you to even get dressed. Okay, now one of my friends... He, uh, he sells the product teaching people how to run webinars in their underpants. But I think what he's, what he's pointing out is it's not like a normal event. I've spoken from stage before as an expert, and it means I've got to travel to the country. I've got to hire a hotel room. I've got to get all dressed up and, and, you know, and look after myself and eat meals and mm. speak in front of a crowd and then pack up and come home. That might take me three or four days and 40 hours on an aeroplane and at least eight or $9,000 in travel expenses to speak to, say, 300 people. Or I can just run a webinar using software that costs a couple of hundred dollars a month. Not that. Yep. hundred bucks a month. Well, well there's, there's a, yeah, cheap. I pay $100 a month, but I know the price went up. Yep. on the popular software that I use. And it'll host up to a 1,000 people. Mm. And I could speak to a 1,000 people from anywhere in the world. And they can see your screen and they can ask you questions. They can, and they can see can my screen, they can ask and questions. And, and I can do all of that from the comfort of my own home. And I only need to tune in for that particular time. 
I think you're absolutely right there in terms of untouched markets and business models. Um, go out on the street, and I would I would probably say as high as nine out of ten people will say I've you know have you heard of web have you heard of a webinar? No. Well, the, um, the indicator for me is when you type it into Word, it underlines it as a misspelling. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's my indicator that it's still... That, that used to happen to me with blog, Facebook. I think it does still does with podcast, actually. Right. <laughs> well, you know, that's, a, that's an indicator you're on the edge of the curve. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so uh, the great thing is you can record these things, Tim, and you can sell them as products yep. afterwards. Yeah, we're if, yeah. If you combine these with some of the other techniques, if you want to combine them with affiliate marketing or your own product or service. I mean, go back to the, uh, the pest inspector. He could literally hold a webinar on protecting your investment property from dangerous bugs and termites or something. You know, I, th I think a great mindset for webinar is it's a bit like having your own show. And, you know, as, if, you, if you are simply a business owner listening to this, webinars are great. You know, if you did nothing else, have a, have a, a monthly Q&A session for your customers and your prospects to come on and ask any question. And maybe in the middle you might present them with one of the products or services that you've just introduced to your portfolio. Um, and as you say, you can record that, you can transcribe it, you can send it out afterwards, you can post it on your website. It can be a free giveaway for people signing up. Um, it, it's, it's a great value add and a great point of difference. Yeah, well I think you, you probably, uh, you said that last statement too dismissively. I want to drill in on <laughs> that. You can give them away for a sign up. Tim, what do you mean by that? <laughs> yeah, gosh, you can often you can you can cheapen. I mean, that know, is just. Is. I mean, that's something I do in my business. Yep. We build a customer database by giving away webinar recordings, which you've got already. You've done. I've for already done reason. the work. I mean, gosh, this is almost like a BDA method. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That we do the work once, we get paid over and over again, and that's the leverage of the internet. So my website's up there right now as we're recording this. My website is up there, and when people come along, if they want to get my webinar recording for free, they just got to give me their details. And once I have their details, I'm going to offer them another free webinar, and eventually I might ask them to buy something, and that is the tremendous power in all of this automation. But webinars are a cost-effective, easy, leveraged way to reach a large audience from the comfort of your own office or home, and you have the ability to further leverage it by recording it and selling it. Or you could make a membership where you simply just run a webinar at a set period and people will keep paying you each month for membership to that. And that's another thing that I do as well. It, it's interesting just listening to these last few business models. Um, you've mentioned, for, for me, uh, I really sat up when you talked about domaining and webinars and I'm thinking also our listeners are There'll be business models where people, the eyes glaze over. And, and there's a couple you've mentioned that I've just, I've gone, well, I didn't know that existed. But, you know, information overload, you go, I just can't even, can't even go there right now. My advice is stick with it because we are going to dig deep on a lot of We're well, going to dig, dig deep, deep on all of them. And I want to give you some context to this. My first $100,000 came from one business model. Yeah. It was that affiliate business model. And... The important thing to remember is that you don't have to do all of these at once. Mm. The only reason I do it at once is I've been doing this for five or six years and I've mastered each one and tested it and then I add them on. And I hope it's obvious now, but many of these are quite uh, modular and they fit together and they help each other. 
And that's where you get, that's why my business keeps doubling every year. Because when I go and bolt one of these things on to my whole business, I can roll webinars out across several of my businesses. I do it for my masterminds. I do it for my uh, coaching membership. And I do general to the public ones just to get new customers onto my database. So it's, it's a really powerful business. And I know people who make their whole business out of just doing webinars. Now, here's a business model for, for people interested in this one. You can have your own Oprah show. You don't have to be the expert. You could literally set up a webinar business model and invite a new guest each week. I love this one. You know, and, and you get people on board. Yep. They come and listen. The guest could sell something and you could be the affiliate and pocket some commission. Yep. Okay, so we're really talking about, I don't know, it's more than just a traffic method. It's more than just a content creation. It is a whole business model. Absolutely, it is. So that, that model of actually looking at it as a show, I mean, that's a great way of looking at it. And, so, and, you know, five, ten years ago, imagine a small business owner thinking they could possibly afford or put together uh, their own show. You know, that was left to the top end of town brand marketers. Whereas these days, the idea of having a show, you know, here we are sitting in your lab having, creating a show. Um, you go and run a webinar, 99 bucks a month, whether you charge people for it or whether you sell something on it. Your, your decision, but it's a great mindset to take and it's just another channel to market. Well, you know, there's a side extension of that and that is like uh, streaming video casts and you, you can actually get an application on Facebook that will let you stream live and there's other websites like Ustream yeah. and, um, you know, as you've mentioned, the, the ability for anyone to create content and be a producer is available now yeah. with, with YouTube, with Ustream, with Facebook... We can all be producers and, and I mean, in, in our lab here, we've got some basic equipment that will allow us to create audio. Uh, we have green screen technology for mm. videos. Uh, you know, we can make stuff that used to cost, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in a professional studio is now freely available in the marketplace for every, every small business owner or mum and dad. I'll just add to that webinar business model. There is also some software... And I'll put it in the show notes. I think it's called Webinar Replay Software, but I could be wrong. Uh, and what that allows you to do is create a landing page or a little web page, a one-page a one website where that webinar lives and people can come in and you can actually put a timer on it to say, this webinar will start at 12.30 uh, tomorrow. And it just it constantly replays every, every day at 12.30 or you can, you can decide. Exactly. And that, that's, a selling, that's, just a, that's an evergreen selling tool. Yeah, so I've known about people doing that three years ago. Mm. And here we are now, and nine out of ten people still don't know what still a webinar is. Know. So I think it's tremendously untapped. There's plenty of room in the market for experts to come in and just own it. Mm. And think about this. If you're an expert in a field, perhaps uh, accounting, you could actually be the, the leader in your field and have all of the other people in your category, all the other accountants coming to you, to get access to your accounting show and you, you could own the marketplace in your industry. There, there's a vet in Sussex in England. I think it's Sussex and he's called the Webinar Vet uh, and he, he's, he runs a veterinary practice but I know for a fact because I know the guy who's helped him um, establish this little side business, he's earning more money from, um, from running um, webinars on veterinary care for both other vets and for pet owners uh, than he is 
dispensing veterinary but I think so services. you've got the webinar vet. I mean, that's a practical application. <laughs> Give us that last one, James. I'm excited for the last business model. All right. Well, I've, I actually have plenty more, but I I'm just going to sneak this one in. Yeah. This is just this. This is the services model or the middleman model, and this one is something that I mean, I just love this one. You basically find a group of buyers who need a service. And then you go to suppliers of the service and you say, I've got a group of buyers. And then you join them together. So it's sort of like a JV. It's sort of like an affiliate. But what you do is you put your name and brand over the top of it and you bill the customer. So uh, you say you want a service, you would pay me. And then I would go to my service provider and I'd say, hey, listen, go and help Tim with this service. But you just be under my company when you do that. It's literally like putting my T-shirt on for my company. And you feel as though you're dealing with my company, mm-hmm. but I've actually had someone else supply the service. Gotcha. So it's, it, it could be called a white label. It could be called a private label. Uh, it's basically the middleman strategy where you've placed yourself in between the buyer and the seller. You've got a wholesale service provider and you are a retail service seller and you're dealing with, and you're keeping the margin. And this works really well with volume. The more you do, the, the more profit you make. That's doesn't, it's not too automated, that strategy. That sounds like a fairly hands-on one. It's 100% automated. Okay. <laughs> Tell me about that. Well, in my case, what I do is I will set up a website to sell the service. I will set it up in my shopping cart to receive the money. And then I will actually get the end provider to give me the page that they need to have filled out by the customer. And I'll put that in the shopping cart. Mm -hmm. And now I get my affiliates to go and sell the service. So this is how it works. My affiliate gets a customer. They send them to my website. The website takes the money. And then the customer fills out the form for my end supplier. My end supplier supplies the service. So what did I do? Not much. Nothing. And your end supplier is providing the service to the customer? Under my brand. Right. So for all intents and purposes, the customer's dealing with your brand. Yeah. Yep. And this is hardly any different to a normal business. No, what biggest, about quality control? Well, look at the, the biggest uh, telecommunications provider in our country here is Telstra. Mm-hmm. But when you call up, you're, if you call up after hours, you are probably going to speak to someone in another country. Mm-hmm. And that someone in the other country is more than likely working for a company that white labels their services to that telecommunications. Mm. They're not directly employed by the biggest telecommunications carrier. They're just a service company pretending to be from that company on a contract. Mm. So what's uh, quality control? Well, you put feedback mechanisms in there. I'll give away a juicy tip here. On all of our correspondence, we have a direct feedback form that comes straight to me. So any customer on any one of my services can send me a confidential note without even having to leave their details. So I'll know straight away when there's a problem. And that form goes to the customer upon completion of the job? No, it's, it's in every correspondence in the signature line. Cool. It's like, do you want to tell James something? And it comes straight to me. I don't even have to check it. I could have my team check it and tell me if there's a problem, mm-hmm. if I really wanted to outsource it. But there's one metric that I care a lot about in my business, and it's not customer service. It's loyalty. Yep. I want to know if the customer will buy again. 
If something will stop them buying again, I need to fix it straight away. Well, if they're buying again, then obviously your customer service is, is, is okay. You can have a dissatisfied customer that's loyal, but you're not going to have a loyal customer that's... You know, a disloyal customer who's satisfied is still not going to buy from you, even if they're happy. Mm. It's, a, it's a crucial differentiation that I don't think many businesses understand. So given that the internet is, is a virtual world, and given that you know, you're, not seeing, you're not eyeballing your clients... You've got this survey on, an, on your email signature when people are transacting with you. But there is also a lot of... I know you've got a, you've got a whole help desk set up, haven't you, that allows yes. people to... I mean, you, you I never have a central f- help desk for all of my business units. Okay, so you're never far away from... I have two exactly ways for happening. people to get to me before they have to go on Twitter and say something negative. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> Which is a topic I think we really should cover in a further thing is reputation management. Yep and authority building for your brand or your business mm. using social media. Absolutely. Well, I have a funny story about social media this morning, as I told you. <laughs> I, was, um, I was mucked around by the airline I flew in on, which was Jetstar, and I went to see... I, I like to test to see whether there are brands, um, whether big brands are listening, whether they're on Twitter or they're on Facebook. So I know, for example, Telstra is fantastic. I mean, you put out a, um, you put out a tweet with um, at Telstra or to at Telstra, and they will respond within five minutes, has been my experience, often much quicker. Um, Jetstar really stuffed me around on my flight getting up here uh, today. And I was standing at the airport and I just put a tweet out to say, um, Jetstar, are you listening? Uh, thinking that at Jetstar would be their Twitter handle. But uh, it wasn't. And some bloke in England came back and said, um, he said, no, no, I'm not. I'm on the couch watching TV, <laughs> which I thought was great. So he somehow was, he beat Jetstar to getting their Twitter ID. God knows what Jetstar's Twitter ID is, if they've got one at all. So what would your advice be based on that? To Jetstar? No, to a business owner listening to this who mm. hasn't currently reserved their own properties. Oh boy, get out there and reserve. Um, try and identify that one social media ID or handle or whatever you want to call it. So you're consistent across all channels. And, and, and what are all it. channels, Tim? I well, that's a massive question. But, I mean, here in Australia? It's no, not, it's, let's say globally. If you had to oh. pick a handful of properties yep. to reserve, what would okay. they be? Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, uh, your domain name, .com, uh, and .com.au for Australians. Um, Flickr. Um, you I think, I think uh, perhaps LinkedIn is another LinkedIn, one, of course. especially for the business audience. Absolutely. But I don't think you have to go too far past that. Yeah. I, I just think YouTube and Facebook and Twitter are good places to get started and definitely your own dot com. That would, that would be great. I also like Formspring, one left of centre, but it allows people to answer que- ask questions uh, anonymously or, or with their name. And So, yeah, they're, they're good ones. There are websites too that allow you to sort of key in... Um, your name or an identified ID and tell you what's available. Yep, and uh, you know while we're on this, I'll, I think we should hand out one more tip before we close, mm-hmm. and that is um, go along to Google Alerts. Um, Google it to find the official Google site. There's an imposter. Don't go to that one. <laughs> I think it's alerts.google or alert.google. We'll put in the resource guide. Yeah. And enter your own name and your business name into that so that Google can send you an email whenever there's something with your name in it so that you can start monitoring what's going on you know, and you can be aware of situations, shall mm. we say. Mm. 
And you could also put in your competitor's details if you want to go for brownie points and keep an eye on your competitor because chances are they haven't really got onto this yet. Mm. It's certainly a great, particularly when you are dealing in this virtual world, um, to be able to put a face to a name. I mean, I, even, even yesterday a bloke bought uh, a book that I sell on one of my sites and he just couldn't find it. He paid the money, you know, pay, PayPal had confirmed that he paid the money and, you know, it's an automatic download that he gets it. Um, he didn't get it. It had gone somewhere on his computer. It didn't matter. Um, he emailed me and I happened to be in front of my screen and within 10 minutes I bounced him back with a, an attached copy. That's fantastic to be able to do that because he and, and I've actually had that happen uh, on a previous a, a, a sim, similar example about a year ago where someone once again paid some money didn't get for whatever reason the technology let him down um, I fixed it up within half a day the next thing I know he's booked to come on to a course that I was running for a couple of grand and yep. you know well I think the the faster you can get someone onto a situation the better yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And just because you're dealing in the virtual world is not a reason to hide at all. No. Um, in fact, it gives you more opportunities to shine. It sure does. It sure does. Um, I'll leave you with one last thing. I was talking to a colleague only a couple of days ago, and I'm sure he'll be listening to this at some point, and just saying, you know, he was, he was showing me how to respond to email using audio, which is great. Once it's, just, it's just another little, a little trick, another point of difference that sets you apart from, from your competition and, and the internet allows you to do that. So if you are, and this guy's a bit of a, he's a better talker than he is a writer. So for him, saying, hey, look at this, you know, quickly open up. I think he was using QuickTime or whatever he was using, but yeah, talk your, talk your response, save it, drag the file into an email and send it off to someone and all of a sudden someone's opening up an email at the other end and getting an, an audio response as opposed to a written one. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, so James, that's the end of episode three of Freedom Ocean. What should they do now? What should our listeners do now? Well, make sure you, you go along to the site at freedomocean.com, enter your email details so that we can send you special reports, checklists, resources, yep. etc. And uh, we can make sure that you've got the PDF version of our podcast. And they'll be the first to know when a new show does come out. Absolutely. Um, all right, mate. Well, that leads us to the end of episode three and episode four. Well, we haven't quite planned that one, but there's no shortage of topics. <laughs> That's for sure. So, mate, until then, I'll, I'll see you there. See you there. Thanks for diving into the Freedom Ocean with James Schramko and Tim Reed. You've just come that little bit closer to living the life you choose. Please keep in mind that the ideas, opinions, and information shared in the show are those of the hosts and do not reflect those of their past employers. And as far as future employers go, well, they're pretty much both unemployable. <laughs>